Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that. Final hours here, Tuesday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. That includes on the YouTube where you can search out Outkick, join Chad in the chat, and more. Coming up in 20 minutes, Kelly in Vegas joins us. We'll get the uh, top plays, some winners for you going into the rivalry weekend, holiday weekend, long football weekend, Chad. It's always great. Can't wait. It is uh, one of the best times of the year. How about the matchups? Uh, so we've got on Thanksgiving Day, Packers-Lions, Commanders-Cowboys, 49ers-Seahawks, and then Black Friday-Dolphins-Jets. Now, perception of this going into the season, way different than Packers now. Packers at 4-6, and six, though. The Lions, all the talk. They were starting to heat up all that discussion this time last year. They've lived up to it at 8-2. and two. Uh, meanwhile, the 49ers coming off a win, seven and three. Seahawks losing, and now six and four in a pivotal matchup for them from the playoff race perspective. Um, does anyone not like Thanksgiving as a holiday? Oh, everyone loves it, right? Uh, yeah, but like it, it's one of the few holidays I feel like certain people are like ah take it or leave it. I feel like everyone is at least appreciative of, of Thanksgiving. I think it has something to do with like the break before the Christmas break also. Yeah. Like the start of the holiday season. There's something about that. So it's not just a, a couple days off. It is a couple days off that signifies a season where you're about to get more days off. So I, I just, look, random thoughts run through my head. And when you talked about this, this holiday, I'm thinking, man, it's pretty universally in America just loved. And you can't say that about many things in America no. right now. But Thanksgiving's no. one of those things. So, Hutton. Food and football. Hutton, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful Chad that us and everyone else that we're all blessed enough to have this, this holiday. Yes. And that pretty much everyone uh, loves it. And if, <laughs> if you don't love it, I don't want to know you. So, at least we know pretty much everyone <laughs> yeah. loves it, right? I don't even if want you to don't know love your Thanksgiving, reason. You can't, you, you, you can't you, be friends with us. You can't mess with this show. Like, you just can't. We're in not going to be friends with you. In and today's I, age, you know there are those that don't like Thanksgiving. I don't even want to hear it. Like, I, I've said this now, and I know that I've called it down, and it's someone in the YouTube chat or someone's <laughs> going to send something on X and tell me why they don't like Thanksgiving. Um, Royce. I, I don't want to hear it. Royce in the chat's going to get after you Royce now. is going to come back and just start putting nonsensical things about um, the sexes of, of different people yes. in, our, in our chat. That's that's what he'll do. Chat, uh, Matt Canada, out uh, as the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, mentioning throughout the show, first coaching change in season for Pittsburgh since 1941. Nuts. Uh, but in thinking about the move, it's a it's a Kenny Pickett move, and it's time for him to pick it up. I mean, he's he's got to go. And if you're Pittsburgh, aren't you? I mean, they're in the playoffs as of right now. Aren't you also trying to determine like we're in with him? Are we in with Kenny Pickett moving forward? Because it's been a struggle. To this point, the struggle has been focused and pointed at Matt Canada. And it's rare. I say rare. It's 
maybe it's not as rare anymore. We see in-season coaching changes, but in many times, especially for organizations that don't make, make many changes, they wait to the off-season. They wait until January or February to make the move. And we see now two in a week. Buffalo makes the move, and now Pittsburgh. It worked with Josh Allen, albeit um, it, they should go and win that game against the Jets, but they won emphatically. Now will it make a difference for Pittsburgh for an offense that's averaging 18.5 points per game? That's the same as the Iowa Hawkeyes, by the way. 18.5 points per game. It's, um, it's now do-or-die time for, for Kenny Pickett. And I equate it to Bill O'Brien coming in for Mac Jones. Yeah. Into a situation where they didn't really have an offensive coordinator the year before. There was so much confusion about who was calling offensive plays, who was leading the offense. Was it a defensive coordinator doing it? And that's where Mac Jones got the benefit of the doubt to say, this guy didn't even get a chance. But then they bring in Bill O'Brien, and now it's on Mac Jones. He's got to figure it out and be better. He, He wasn't. He's been benched. Same goes for Kenny Pickett. Now, I'm not putting it on him right now with two guys that were Matt Canada's assistants now being the co-offensive coordinators. So it's not – I don't know that they're going to be a lot better. I think anybody would be better than what we saw from Canada, I would think. But they get their opportunity. So I can't fully put the blame on Kenny Pickett now with these two Canada assistants. But after this, whenever they hire their full-time guy, it's, it's on Kenny Pickett yeah. totally at that point, for whether or not he's going to be an NFL quarterback and the starter in Pittsburgh for years to come. Are we going to see Aaron Rodgers as the Jets quarterback this year? We're going to see him on the practice field. He's making the comments today with McAfee that he expects to return in two weeks. He's running now, and he thinks he can return to practice for the Jets in two weeks. Chad, uh, this is um, circled on his calendar because it's his birthday, is what he he points out. Um this is where I, the quote is, uh, I've said I'd love to be trending towards practicing by my birthday. Um, and it goes on to say that uh, the Jets might be sputtering. Rodgers isn't slowing down his rehab. Quote, no, not at all. I find those two are mutually exclusive. The speed at which I'm doing the rehab has been the same from the beginning. Push it as hard as we can every single day. And when I hear this, I'm thinking, um, yeah, this is more of a publicity stunt than it is a race to get back to the field. It was that, but now it's just headed back to practice to prove that you've you've done it at your pace, at this fast, breakneck pace, and prove the doubters wrong, which is fine, but there's no way the Jets are putting him back out there with nothing on the line. Why would you do that based on the Achilles injury and knowing there are other instances of pushing guys out there too fast to where something happens, and then what? Another issue? No, you save them for the next season with the millions upon millions you have invested. We're now into peak defiant Aaron Rodgers territory. This is defiant Aaron, and we've seen it before. Uh, he gets something in his head, and he wants to prove people wrong or, or, or prove himself right, mm-hmm. and he feels like those in media have questioned him about it. When he claims something, he's not going to forget about it, and he's going to do everything in his power to prove you wrong. When people laughed at him saying, I'll be back this year right. from this injury, he made a mental note of that and said, I am going to be back, and I'll show you. This is what this is. 
he, he will be out moving around at practice in two weeks probably is my guess. And we won't see him on an NFL field playing in a game this season because it's not going to be worth it for him or the Jets organization. They're going to need to keep him healthy going into next season and to have an offseason to prepare with this team also. So I think we're seeing defiant Aaron Rodgers again, wanting to prove everyone wrong. And I think in his mind, he will have proven everyone wrong just by stepping on the practice field. Yeah, I mean, Even though the business decision, Hutton, will be don't play in a game. And I wonder, I do buy into the fact that he would be pushing to play if the Jets were in the mix. Yeah. And, and he, he goes on to say, I'm pissed that I wasn't able to play and frustrated that if I was out there, I feel like I'd be playing well and there would be a different narrative around our team. And then he's asked about Zach Wilson being benched. And the quote is, I'm so disappointed. I'm sad about that, but it is what it is. Um, Rodgers was... I've never felt like a player did as much as he has done over the first two months of his initial injury to, to then for the, 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 the psyche, the, the mentality of the locker room. Because he was speaking on behalf of the organization. He's telling you know, Joe Namath to shut up about Zach Wilson. And then Namath apologized, backtracked. Um, it just it, thinking about the, the comments made, the, the way he backed the team, if he was present on game day, they played much better than if he wasn't. It's bizarre. But the entire organization embraced him. He embraced them, and he continues to do so. Yeah. I want to see him back. You know, it's just not you, know be, you have some power no. when you're Aaron Rodgers and you can you know, get Joe Namath to shut up about the Jets. Yeah. In, in the backtrack. And that's the power he has right now. We're going to talk about hot seat. I believe oh, Brandon Staley. Um, well, Robert Sala, oh, whose ahead. name is floated out there, I'll just go ahead and say it. He's not going anywhere if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want him to go right, somewhere. That's right. So I, I, Aaron Rodgers will decide if Robert Sala is his coach or not. Do you think no that one has else. something to do with I'll plead the fifth about not why so why Trevor Simeon wasn't playing ahead of Zach Wilson? I think Robert Sala is doing Aaron Rodgers. Uh, well, I don't. I don't think Aaron Rodgers going to his office. Sala did a nice him job. what to do. I'm saying if Aaron Rodgers still believes in Robert Sala and likes him, he will be the coach next year for Aaron Rodgers. Nothing that's going on this that's year right. will stop that from happening. So I can't answer and if he's on the hot seat Nathaniel because Hackett will be the OC. I don't think it's the owner Woody Johnson making the call. I think it's Aaron Rodgers telling Woody Johnson whether or not he wants Robert Sala coaching. Someone else on the hot seat is. Uh, well, Brandon Staley and Rex Ryan on ESPN yesterday had this to say about the Chargers head coach and whether or not he should remain the Chargers head coach. I think he should go back in Division Three football where he belongs. Look, this guy, look at his resume, man. I mean, I'm sorry. Dude comes in there, one-year coordinate a team that my wife could coach, all right, with Aaron Donald, all those guys. Stop it. He's been around like, for give a long me a, time. Oh, yeah, and and – and uh, trust me, she'd do a hell of a lot better job than this guy's doing with this defense. They're the second highest payroll in the National Football League on defense. And they're the second worst. It's been the defense holding them back. Ryan's not wrong here. Uh, there's a foot joke somewhere in there when he mentions uh, his, wife. his wife as well. Yeah. Um, I but, was trying to find it, but it just yeah. it didn't come to me That's right, same, same. Now, you and I don't uh, think down that path of uh, what Rex Ryan trying. would. Certainly. I was trying. Um, Chad, he's a dead man walking. This is now the third straight season where there are high expectations for the Chargers. You have just given Justin Herbert a massive contract, and he's 29 and 30 overall. And when you watch him play, 
there's not many that would say he's not capable of being in the elite of the elite in the National Football League. But they're not winning because as much as they get leads based on what Herbert's able to do, they give them up. Three different times this season, they've allowed a fourth quarter comeback for the opponent. That's horrendous. Well, and Rex based Ryan, on who you have offensively. Rex Ryan's not wrong on how Brandon Staley got his foot in the door. <laughs> well you done. see what I did there? Well I done. found it. Is because that he was seen as this boy genius uh, with the Rams, uh, working with the defense with, with Sean McVay, and that was that was the Sean McVay rub, and it's worked out with some uh, Kevin O'Connell comes to mind uh, now with the Vikings. Yep. Uh, you know, that family tree has worked out. In other cases, it hasn't. And I, I think there's some resentment from Rex Ryan uh, on that one. That's a good point. Uh, with, with how he got in there. And I'm sure a lot of coaches probably feel the same way of they went the route of the young boy genius uh, trying to replicate Sean McVay with the Rams. And it certainly hasn't worked out with, with the yeah. Chargers. Um, through the defensive I, I will, it, I will though, say right? this. It's easy to come back at Rex Ryan and talk about all the mistakes he made as a coach, you know, and how he got himself fired uh, a couple different times and all that. But I respect the hell out of Rex Ryan for at least saying his actual opinions on guys, whereas most coaches would never do that because they always want to end up coaching again and they don't want to insult someone and have someone not like them because clips like that will live on forever when you're a coach. So I appreciate the honesty from, from Rex Ryan. I'm not going to go about crushing him because Rex Ryan is a hell of a lot better defensive coach than Brandon Staley. He's yeah. right about that. Right. And Rex Ryan would do better with this defense and what they've allocated. They got the second biggest payroll in the NFL and all the money they've allocated to defense. Trade. And this is the production they get from it. They sent J.C. Jackson back to doing it. It's not good enough. So I, Rex Ryan's right. Yeah. I, it's a little harsh to say he should go back to Division Three where he belongs. But I believe that Rex Ryan, I don't think his wife would do a better job with the defense. I do believe that Rex Ryan would do a better job with this defense than Staley. I think uh, Rex Ryan's also hearing the, yeah, I'm calling play, stop asking. But we've all seen this defense from Brandon Staley, right? The other part, too, uh, and, and just, they're just not a well-coached football team. You can see that in the moment. And they take a ton of risks. It used to be the script called for be extremely aggressive against Kansas City. And then all of a sudden, Staley started doing this every week. Fourth down, going for it on fourth down in you know, your own territory. You know, it just, it doesn't help, especially with the defense that isn't great on, at period, and isn't great on, you know, sudden change opportunities either. You can take advantage of Los Angeles. The teams have been doing that. Yeah, and I know Ryan also it's said, uh, he talked about the actual press conference and said, it's his job to sit up there, good, bad, ugly, yeah. whatever, and answer questions. And that was a completely relevant and fair question that he was asked. Yes. So don't tell me about how it's not your job to talk to fans or talk about fans. That, that is your job in that instance, is to talk to the media, which, by the way, is the conduit to the fans. So you are talking to the fans when you answer those questions. I, I love what Ryan had to say, and I hope more former coaches – have that level of, of honesty. We saw it from Dan Mullen, a frequent guest on our show, with his post yeah. about who should really be on the hot seat in L.A. And he wasn't talking NFL or Brandon Staley. He was talking about Lincoln Riley and not Chip Kelly. Now you could jump into and say, well, that's his buddy, a guy yeah. he worked for, and Chip Kelly, fine. But I respect him for saying it. There's a lot of people who wouldn't – that you won't even – coaches won't even wade into those waters 
about another coach getting fired when they know full well a guy should get fired or a guy should get criticized. But fewer and fewer are prepared to say it. I appreciate the fact Rex Ryan said it. Chad, we continue to hear Gonzaga and Big 12 discussions for basketball. We're going to get into this a bit later. But there's so much talk about it. It kind of it, I don't know, fizzled out a bit at the end of, what, last year? We were starting to hear it. Then this offseason. Now it's up there again. This is happening. It, it, the question is why. And is it the right move for Gonzaga? Not, not the Big 12. Or I would have hit this maybe 25, 30 minutes from now. Because... Gonzaga is Gonzaga. Yeah. They're not they're moving conferences. They're a top 10 to 15 team every year yeah. program. Yeah. And you have that respect, right? So I want to look at it from the Zag standpoint because you can schedule whoever you want to. Well, every this year. is also Gonzaga's high time. You know, this is their conference right. season. Yeah. <laughs> this is their time to yeah. make hay and stick around the ratings throughout the year, the rankings. Because they're going to beat everybody in their conference, usually. Hoops coming up, but um, when we come back, football discussion. And who are we betting on? Kelly in Vegas helps us with that next on the Hotline. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Who are we fighting this week, Withrow? About to find out. Kelly in Vegas with us. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow. Just going to see if uh, Kelly in Vegas survived her big birthday weekend. Looks, yeah. look, uh, looks, looks healthy. The, the, uh, looks wow. fine. Looks like she's the, good to go. The very healthy Kelly in Vegas. Very us. healthy. Uh, healthy is a, is a very strong <laughs> word right now. Uh, no, it was, it was a great time. Lots of college basketball. It rained most of the time, but I got to enjoy it with some of my best friends. So I would say it was a great success. Well, happy birthday and you're alive and that's all that matters. That's so right. great, great hey, work hey, over and, the weekend. And happy Thanksgiving to you. Hey, happy Thanksgiving guys. Check out the fade with, uh, Kelly Vegas and Clay Travis at outkick.com. Um, so we always give you our pitch. Um, I'm continue to ride with the unders and I mean, the king of unders is Iowa. Give me the, let's set more records. I want to see this continue to go. give me the under in Iowa and Nebraska for reasons. I don't even need to explain to you at 27 and a half. These teams will barely score this weekend and I'm going to make some money off of it. I also like Chad's bet, by the way, he likes mine. We'll see which one you're, you're riding with here in a second. So I am, um, I know this team well, cause I went to this school, uh, the university of Tennessee. And I felt like last week they were being way overvalued with only being a 10 point underdog to Georgia, uh, knowing a lot of the injuries on defense and spots where they couldn't lose people and knowing that this team has gotten worse the last couple of weeks, Kelly, I feel like they're being overvalued again, even though Vanderbilt has been miserable oh, this year, so bad. 27 points is a lot for this Tennessee team that is averaging not a lot in SEC play on offense. This offense has not been very good against SEC competition. Um, I think Tennessee wins. I think Vandy covers uh, somewhat easily in this game. Give me the doors plus 27 in Knoxville. 
Oh, this is tough. Uh, I told Hutton last week when he gave out the I wonder, I said, I don't disagree with you, but I'm too late to the party. I can't jump on it now. It's almost like the prime time unders in the NFL. If you haven't been riding the streak, do you really want to be the one to buck the trend? Uh, so I would agree. It looks like 26 and a half. So even starting to pop up there. So if you do like the under with Hutton, I would suggest get on it now. Let's go. Uh, but in good grief, Chad. You want to take Vanderbilt, who is one in eleven against the spread in their last twelve games. I do. I, I don't know if I could do it. I tried to make a case for this team a few times. I understand this is a monster number, but Tennessee should be able to bully this team around, right? In theory, they should be able to air it out. We know what they're going to be able to do on the ground. Uh, time of possession. We'll see, but I do not want to take the Commodores here. This one's already up to 27 in some spots. So I'm going to go with Hutton here and there say that I like the Iowa under. Well, I will say to your your credit with taking Hutton's on this, uh, I kind of felt the same way a year ago that Tennessee coming off that loss to South Carolina yeah. and Vandy coming off a win, I think, at Kentucky, that it would be a somewhat competitive game. And Joe Milton with his first start after the injury, Tennessee won 56 to nothing. Uh, in Nashville in that game, and I think set records r- running the this football. Has, so it may happen again in this game. I was going to say, that's what this one kind of just seems like. Could it? Could Tennessee name the score? Let's see how motivated they are, right? Yeah. Uh, but sometimes when teams are already bowl eligible, they know that winning doesn't really help anything. They're obviously not going to the SEC championship game. But it is nice to – I guess you could call Vanderbilt your guys' little brother, right? Yeah, do you, you want to, to, do you, do you go to Jacksonville or Nashville? You know, that's kind of the postseason motivation right now for, for Tennessee. It's either Gator Bowl or Music City. But, yeah, I mean, look, I, we've had a big discussion about this. Um, it's, there, you get 12 games. Like, you know, I, I get that psychologically not every game is going to feel the same, but you would hope that an in-state rival to some extent – would give you some level of motivation and the fact it's one of 12 games you get to play. Listen, I do not doubt that, but yet we see teams falter. It all comes Uh, down to coaching and the locker room and how you get your guys up for every single game. Uh, There's teams out there that have just been absolute shockers this year. New Mexico State being one of them. That is an attribute to, uh, you know, let's give a, a pat on the back to Jerry Kill for that one because he's able to coach up his team. That's how they were able to win last week at Auburn as monster underdog so we'll see if the balls are going to be uh are going to be up for it they should be i like to think the hypo is a good coach so let's see if uh vandy doesn't get absolutely throttled here chad i gave uh, kelly full credit last week she's been crushing it on these picks uh i want to get to your parlay in, in a moment but let's start with the game of the week with ohio state and michigan how are you playing this and why with michigan hosting the buckeyes this is tough. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I said this on the fade earlier. Did you guys see Dan Dakish's tweet earlier uh, in regards to the laundry list of items that he had against Jim Harbaugh? I thought, I mean, there was things on that list. I said, what? And I'm getting on Google looking really quick, trying to figure out if these were actually true. Of course they are. If Dan's uh, saying so it's all true. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a fire burning underneath that seat, right? Like you just kind of have it getting hotter yeah. and hotter. Now, again, Harbaugh is a very solid coach. Is he going to keep those distractions out of the locker room? He should be able to do so. This is a really tough one. The look ahead number was six and a half to start the season. And I thought that seemed a little high. I was sitting at the KCA basketball game on Sunday when the college, uh, or excuse me, the college football lines came out. And I saw three and a half. I said, three and a half. Oh boy. 
This seems a little cheap, but I do side here with the Buckeyes. I would like to think that they're going to have the best player on the field in Marvin Harrison Jr. As well, if their quarterback cannot turn the ball over, if he plays mistake-free football, I think they can win this game in the big house. It is going to be absolutely electric. It's going to be an insane rivalry game, but slight lean here towards the Buckeyes. Does it pain you a little bit knowing that you're backing Ryan Day after what we've seen his team. You know, do. Uh, Ryan and I have uh, had some go rounds over the years, right? <laughs> as a favorite, though, as an underdog, I preferred to back him. Okay. He has had some scrappy teams before. It's kind of one of those play on, play against, but you got to pick your spots when you're backing some of these teams the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Texases of the world, USC, Florida, Florida State, all these ones with huge, massive fan bases. The bookmakers kind of bake that into the cake. If you lead, I will follow, Kelly. You've been doing great with this, so I'm with you. I'll I'll follow Ryan Day. Well, let's uh, win some money. Let's let's follow um, Kelly over to uh, Starkville for the Egg Bowl uh, on on Thanksgiving night. Kelly, you often like home underdogs. Is that the case in Old Miss Mississippi State this week? I also like when coaches get fired to play on their team the following week. Now, I did make this game nine and a half. Ten doesn't provide a lot of value, but not only did Mississippi state fire their head coach, they are also needing a W here to become bowl eligible. Now let's see, depending on uh, how well liked uh, the previous coaches depends on how well the players play. Let's use the Raiders, for example, in the NFL, they were so happy to see Josh McDaniels leave. Look how much, uh, you know, fire that team has now gotten. So I'm curious to see what we're going to see from Mississippi state. I will say one caveat here, and that is why I have not bet it yet. Some of the injuries on the uh, the Mississippi State side are a little asterisk towards it. We should know by tomorrow afternoon. But for this team to have some extra motivation, Ole Miss stumbled a couple times, right, this year, especially yep. that loss at Georgia. Does this game mean more to the Bulldogs? Absolutely. Florida, Florida State. Um the impact here for Florida, they want to go bowling. We'll find out. Florida State just lost their quarterback. Six and a half points, too steep to roll with the Seminoles? Well, Graham Mertz is out for this one, too. And so I think that's something that comes into play here that we need to kind of look at. And a lot of the overreaction is going to be Jordan Travis being out. How good are the prospective backups? Well, they're about four to five points dropped off from the starter. Well, that kind of puts these two on an even playing field. I thought this one was a little strange. I I expected this line to be higher uh, with Graham Mertz being out, but it's not, which kind of tells me the bookmakers think that his backup is going to be just fine. Billy Napier's got a lot to prove here. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium is going to be absolutely rocking. These two teams hate each other. So the six and a half looks very tasty to me as a home dog under a touchdown, right? I think if it was seven and a half, a lot of people would be thinking FSU is absolutely going to roll. We remember a couple of weeks ago, well, not even, it's been like seven weeks ago now, uh, when I had Florida as a home underdog in Tennessee. Now, we don't get those opportunities very often, but we've got one here on Saturday. Kelly, uh, you said that you like teams where the coach just got fired to take those teams. I'm curious what you think about teams where there's a report that their coach is going to get fired, but may not get fired if he won a game. And oh, by the way, that coach won that game, but we still don't know if he's going to keep his job. Of course, I'm talking about Chip Kelly at UCLA. They play Cal. What are we playing in that one? Yeah, I love Cal. Whether Chip is there or not, I don't think it matters. This Cal team has been so scrappy for me, you guys. 
all season long. They have been awesome underdogs, especially on the road. They also have an opportunity to become bowl eligible here. Nine and a half is the current line. It opened 10, so it's come down. So somebody agrees with me here. I like what I've seen from this Cal team. Now, not against subpar opponents, but against big name opponents. What do we see? They went into North Texas, just absolutely throttled that team to start the year. And then they started to falter. But they came back in big time situations, namely a couple of weeks ago against USC. This team, I said, had a chance to go bowling when I gave them out to upset USC. They couldn't get it done. That was the uh, Clay Travis Halloween party, if you guys remember. I was uh, already crabby walking in the front door because they <laughs> should have won that football game. But hey, UCLA has been absolutely atrocious under Chip Kelly against the spread. They cannot cover to save their lives. Couple of uh, question marks too. Sam Jackson may be out. And uh, excuse me for UCLA, uh, their quarterback is questionable as well as Cal's quarterback being questionable. But I have heard that Sam Jackson will be a go against UCLA. Still waiting on a couple more things, but. I really like Cal. I think they might be able to spring the upset here. Give me the inside scoop. Kelly in Vegas with us here on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Uh, you said you like coaching changes. What about votes of confidence in saying the coach is going to return? Sam Pittman in Arkansas. Meanwhile, Missouri, I mean, they've been rolling. Even against good teams, really great teams, they're extremely competitive. Which way do you roll with the Sam Pittman returning next year type news week for the Razorbacks? I've been against Mizzou all season long, and I, admittedly, I've been absolutely terrible betting against them, right? They beat my Kansas State Wildcats, 61-yard field goal, and then they went on a tear. Yeah, Things have got to calmed down for them. Last week, I liked Florida. I said, hey, Florida's got a real shot to win this one. Unfortunately, the Gators could not get it done in Columbia for me. But this Mizzou team is getting a little too much love. Arkansas. As a scrappy home underdog, we played on them at in the Swamp, if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago. I like this team, and you're right. They do like Sam Pittman. That is why he gets to keep his job. Fan bases, uh, I've heard mixed reviews coming out of Fayetteville. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. And I don't, blame, I don't blame people, right? When you have really high hopes, and now you're not even going to a bowl game, it, it is frustrating from a fan perspective, but this is Arkansas's bowl game, and I expect them to put up a hell of a fight. I'm going to take the seven and a half. I'm betting that right now, yep. as you say. The real question is, what does Jerry Jones think about uh, Sam Pittman? That's the only uh, alumni and booster that really matters for, for Arkansas. Um, maybe some mixed reviews on Shane Beamer this year at South Carolina. He's trying to get bowl eligible against Clemson. What are we playing in this one, Kelly? This one is really tough, right? Clemson has been kind of quietly on a roll, right? They, they started off terrible against the spread. They had that loss to Duke. They had that really tight game where they probably should have beaten Florida State. And it's just kind of been a, a roller coaster ride, if you will, right? They lose, you know, to Miami, NC State of all teams, 10-point uh, favorites. They couldn't get it done. Then they turn right around and beat up on Notre Dame. This team has been so Jekyll and Hyde, but they've quietly put together three straight against okay opponents. And that's what South Carolina is. I really don't love South Carolina for the most part. Their style of play is rather frustrating. Um, and we'll be nice and say that I do like Shane Beamer. I do think that he has um, some moments of coaching greatness. Let's just hope he doesn't have any of those coaching blunders <laughs> that cost us this weekend. I like the seven here in the rivalry game. I actually made this game three and a half. So either I have something significantly wrong with me or I need to reevaluate my power ratings.
Take the points, Mississippi State, Florida. Uh, let's see, Cal, Arkansas, Ohio State, South Carolina. What are we doing in the NFL on Thursday? Final 30 seconds here, Kelly. Uh, Detroit, they've been awesome. Green Bay, no, but they did just win. Are they we riding with win. the Lions? Yeah, we are taking the Lions. I laid the seven and a half earlier today. Was kind of waiting to hear from some uh, sources, make sure everybody's go. Now it's up to eight. Aaron Jones is out for the Packers. That was announced earlier. That does bode well for laying the points. I think the Lions in a teaser spot is also an excellent play. I would not be surprised to see Jared Goff coming out slinging and this one be like a 31-17 final. Shock the world. Lions are not the same old Lions. Boat race. Here we go. Not what we would expect. For I sure. want a Lions Super Bowl so bad. Just to see them there would be so much fun. Kelly, thank you as always. Uh, they're very healthy, Kelly in Vegas. Very healthy. <laughs> uh, taking her vitamins, yeah. hydrated, ready to go, survivor. That's Kelly. Check out Love the it. fade. Hey, thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, boys. There's Kelly in Vegas. You know who wouldn't survive a birthday weekend? Megan making money. She wouldn't have survived it. She'd, she'd be Never. far worse off than Kelly I in agree. Vegas. There's no doubt about it. She would not have put forth that or effort us. that we just saw. Or us with them. Oh, no. I'd, I've taken the day off. <laughs> the very latest headlines from the NFL, including Aaron Rodgers talking, returning to practice. Plus, who's been ruled out for Thanksgiving Day? That's next. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, the Packers running back Aaron Jones, he's not playing on Thanksgiving Day. Packers uh, headed to Detroit. Uh, when Kelly mentioned this, Chad, here's what I thought. I don't know. It's very random. It's just, it's like it's clockwork here. It's interesting how the players, not all the players, I'm lumping everyone in, they want a narrative discussed about, oh, turf versus grass. When's the last time you heard anything about that with all the injuries we've had? It's been weeks, months. No one's keeping up with that anymore. But now, but we were in September. Yeah, but now there's like a, a player poll that's out that says that's the biggest issue in the NFL, I saw. But they're not doing anything about I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to look this up, but it was like, uh, it's a very serious issue. And I, I was confused by that because I, too, had not heard anything. Nothing. Since early in the season on this. But I'm like, oh, this is a thing again? So he has an MCL sprain is, is his issue. And I bring it up just because of the knee. But, uh, and I'm, you know, it, this happened last week on grass uh, at Lambeau. So, again, I'm, I'm not specifically pointing to him. But um, he's just another. Uh, and he's been, he's been hampered all season back and forth. It's been awful in the backfield for for Green Bay based on his availability. But yeah, it's just, it's not a, a talking point anymore. And it's just, that's the problem with really with uh, not just the running backs, but period. If you, if you want to change something in the league, you got to stay on it. And these, by and large, it's just like, well, I guess we'll go out and play again tomorrow on the same turf, indoor practice facilities, like whatever. They want to make that game check. Of course, of course. But if you do, like, don't make a big issue about it for three weeks. And then, you know, it just kind of, Fizzles out. Yeah, it did go away pretty quick, and, and that was the hot button issue. And there will be uh, there will be you know a, a report that has all the stats with it, whatever. Um, but again, it it really doesn't mean anything based on the hot air that is wasted.
yeah. on this if the players aren't going to do anything about it. Same, Don't you hate when you see contract. something and then immediately forget like where you were reading, where you saw that, and I'm yes. now trying, oh, searching yeah. feverishly for it? It just went into my brain, and I'm like, where, which website that I go to daily did I see that? I'll find it. I'll Chet, find it. Uh, tonight, great hoops action tonight. Um, I'll be locked in. You and Davey sold me last week. I'm back in tonight, and for good reason. Um, solid, solid tip-offs with uh, some of the top teams in the country, including Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee and Purdue, that's number seven versus number two. Purdue second nationally. Tennessee seventh. You've got that game, and you've got number one Kansas taking on number four Marquette uh, in another game. Great matchups. It's in Honolulu, uh, the Maui Invitational. Um, I, I love these because it's they're going to be all-out wars when these teams play, Yeah, especially how physical some of these teams are. But it's all of the great intensity without the feeling that there are just these enormous stakes because it's college basketball in November and it never feels like there's enormous stakes in these games. So it, it kind of, it's all fun. I feel like for anyone watching the game, you don't feel like, Oh, this is the end of the line for this team because they lost this game. Yeah. It just feels fun. I, it, it's hard to explain. And it's not Alabama it's like. Chattanooga. You know, it's a, when you know your team's going to entertain you, but it's going to be for the opposite reason. You know, yeah. I found it Hutton. The Athletic did a 2023 anonymous NFL player poll. Okay. And uh, it says it's clear how NFL players feel about the ongoing turf versus grass debate within the league with nearly 83% of players who responded in the Athletic's poll saying that it's a real concern. That I, topic was among the many the Athletic's beat writers surveyed 85 players about over the past month. There's some new turf that some teams are using that I don't know – I think everything. 12.3 said it's overblown. The okay. issue is overblown. Okay. 12.3%. And they're probably players who play on natural grass and primarily just that throughout their career. Yeah. One player, again, all anonymous, said you wake up in the morning feeling 10 times better after you played on grass compared to the way that. you feel played on turf. Another player added, I've been vocal about it. I think our locker room is pretty unified on it. It sucks and there's enough money to eliminate it and it's time. I think Washington jumps Florida State in the latest college football playoff rankings. Yeah. Um, and it's not because of any injury. I, I would have said this, Chad, prior to Jordan Travis's injury, just based on how the season was shaking out but, and based on the comments made by members of the college football playoff committee. They were saying that Washington was very close with Florida State and how they had, had them ranked and how they compared them. Well, if you're comparing them and they're so close, Washington's win this past weekend over Oregon State would trump a win over North Alabama for Florida State, regardless of injury. Um, but there's with no question that they can make this move now. Washington gets in based on the upcoming rankings that will be released, and they don't have to point to the fact that Jordan Travis got injured as to why... They fell down. They can simply say, well, we've already stated it was so close and Washington's win over Oregon State did it because they continue to survive in advance. But what if Florida State does that? So if the narrative is, well, Washington survives in advances and we're basing this off of what happened this past week and they're so close. If Florida State continues to do that, how can you not give the tip of the hat to an un unbeaten team in the Power Five with a one-loss team elsewhere 
And it wouldn't necessarily have to be Washington. No, Florida State deserves to be in if they, I agree. If they go undefeated. But you know they won't. I don't care about Jordan Travis's injury status at you, all. Very is, clear about that. You know that. how they roll with this, though. It's about what they've accomplished, and I don't, I don't need to know the committee's projections for the games moving forward. I agree They're with not you. Vegas. They're not analysts. Their job is to look at results and tell us, hey, here were the best teams in the country based on the results of the games we have in front of us. And if Florida State goes undefeated, they should be one of the four. Uh, yes. And I've got, tell me if you're the exact same, Georgia one, Yes. Ohio State two, Washington three, Florida State four, Michigan five. I have Michigan in. You got Michigan in? Yeah. I've got Florida State five. So you're going to have and Washington I, four or Michigan? Washington at four. Okay. But only because they haven't stated. I'm just going based on comments and perception, and I I, I don't mind putting Washington ahead of Michigan. Um, and I, I mean, you've had Washington uh, well ahead of the the pack here or the the group thinks they're and really good, and they are really good. It's also knowing like I can um, do that, knowing that Michigan will probably jump someone if they beat Ohio State. Yes, but where? So well, they'll obviously they'll jump into Ohio State spot. What we haven't heard from the committee is Michigan and Florida State are very close. We've only heard that Florida State and Washington are. So that's why I've got Washington at four. Well, once again, a Big Ten team and a powerful program. It was Penn State's turn. Uh, They didn't come close to doing it. Maryland came closer to doing it this past weekend. There's a chance for someone to do the Lord's work here. If you've got a big (laughs) problem with what Michigan's done, Ohio State, your next man up, Ryan Day and your team, you got a chance to go and win it on the field and shut Michigan fans up and everyone else that's got uh, that doesn't like Michigan right now. You got to do it on the field. So um, it, this is crazy to think about, but if you if you were trying to also, and again, I'm not into this theory actually being valid, but we know the conspiracy conspiracy theorists out there would say this: if Michigan's at four, you have them at four, I think, right? Is I got them at five. five? If Michigan's at four and Washington's at three, they would point to the fact that Michigan surrendered, what, 24 points to Maryland. Um, they had a defensive touchdown, two safeties. If not for that, the Wolverines could have lost the game. If they're at four, or if they fall down a, a peg, well, think about the magnitude of Saturday's game. Because they fall in, it, one loss puts you at, what, six or seven probably? If you're at four yeah. to them then? And this is all hypothetical based on what's going to be a crazy weekend. I get it. But how far would Ohio State fall if they're at two and they lose to Michigan? Four? Five? And then we could still see both teams get in. What's going to happen is, however you want to, however you call it tonight, the winner of the Michigan-Ohio State game will be one or two in the country. When yeah. it's over, I don't care where Michigan is tonight or, or Ohio State. I think they'll be at two. I think you I think the same thing. Winner will be at two. George will be one. Winner of that game will be at two. Yeah. And then if Washington and Ohio, and Florida State win, that that's your three and four. Yes. So then after that, it, it, it the question becomes, does Ohio State or Michigan fall behind Oregon or well, Texas? It, Oregon, Texas, or a one-loss uh, team there. Alabama. Or where, where do they fall? Alabama, and that in that pecking order, where do they go? Um, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. You mentioned Florida State, and that's where Michigan would fall in line if they lose, or Ohio State. But I don't know where Ohio State would fall because they were the number one team. They get jumped by Georgia, and then 
do, how far would one loss send them? I don't think that far. I don't think that far. I, I think it would be, can you imagine um, Saban battling Ohio State for the, uh, for the fourth for spot? For the campaign to get in last minute. That, that would and be Florida something. State. Saban against Ohio State and Florida State for the right to get in. Here's what I want and from Texas. Okay, and that may be the case. I'm just again. We're what gonna, I we're want, see what I want from ESPN though is equal time, because what they're going to do is what they did last year and put Nick Saban on every show. Nick Saban's going to pop up on a Monday Night Football game at halftime, pleading his case for Alabama. Well, make sure Ryan Day and anyone else that's also in the mix think, though, has a chance to come on your network and argue. I their case. think the reason for that is the posturing. You want Bama on the screen and not TCU. If you have Ohio State, if you have Texas, if you have uh, Oregon, you're probably getting more equal time. And that's just the... I mean, I'm just trying to use common sense as to why you give... They're going to yeah. give Saban the floor anyway, but you would have Ryan Day on, right? No, I you hope have they Sarkeesian. do. I don't know why you wouldn't, based on the brands and the eyeballs, based on the program. Well, when you don't, it just... It, it's it, obvious. It leads more into this thing that we all kind of know already anyways, that it's the network and the broadcast partners running the show in, in a lot of cases. And, and they ultimately the decide playoff. what yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, Davey sent us this. If they still did BCS rankings, here's what the computer would have okay. tonight. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, Washington 4, Florida State 5, Oregon 6, Texas 7, Alabama 8. The only difference with the AP poll is Missouri at 10 with the BCS. How about Louisville with one loss? Louisville, before they won, they went to Miami and won this week. That, that's a pretty good win. Yeah, they, but going into that game, Hutton, they had the 97th weakest schedule in the country. Wow. I was blown away when 97th? I saw that. 97th? 97th. I mean, uh, you, you mentioned the, the one loss. I'm thinking about the uh, – how long did we go with a one-win Louisville basketball team last year? Now you have the one loss Louisville football team? I mean, Crazy. Uh, crazy, how crazy. How much would you pay for your favorite player of all times uniform, jersey, kit, sweater, whatever you want to call it? Any uh, sport? I don't know. Did someone pay a lot? Uh, estimate, if you want a, a little messy uh, jersey, it's like $10 million. For Is it a famous one? Like, was it worn when he, uh, you know, cured cancer? You, what, what, is, what did he do when he wore the jersey? A collect, it's a collection of them, but no, I mean. I co so there's multiple $10 million jerseys? No, no, no. It would, the collection would cost you $10 Okay, million. a collection of them. Gotcha. Uh, no way I'm doing this. No. The, the only way, if I were a multimillionaire, uh, bordering on billionaire, then I would have like rooms of my mansion devoted to sports memorabilia, and I'd pay money for these things. Yeah. Hutton, I, I, I've said this before, and I'm sure people mock me for it. I have a hard time paying for uh, sports stuff. I just do. It's the jobs that we've had for a while. I can't tell you the last time I paid for a, a ticket to anything. Uh, I either have a press pass or I get tickets handed to me. It's ridiculous. That's how I go to games. Ridiculous. Or I don't go. I watch them on TV. Davey, what are you paying for a Duke basketball uniform? Your Christian Leitner jersey. Christian Leitner Final Four. Uh, yeah. that, if, I mean, again, it all comes back to if I had the money, it would definitely be up there. Like, like right now, I would probably 
be willing to go like two thousand. <laughs> that's just that's just where I'm at. Like if, from For a financial Lightner? standpoint, yeah. I mean, or like Chris Duhon. Yeah, I, I would love it if they're like, we'll start the bidding at a hundred thousand dollars, and David just raises his and he says, Dave's "I'll like, give you two thousand. Yeah. Uh, Nolan Smith, please. I'd like to start this, for two thousand. As high as we're going, but do the, you have a Cherokee Parks practice jersey that I can have <laughs> for a grand? I want a collection <laughs> of all three of all three Plumley practice jerseys. There you go. Got um, Ten mil. Ten mil. Do you have a Thomas? Uh, was it Thomas Davis? Was that the guy on the yeah. team with Grant Hill? Do you have a Thomas Davis jersey? What's Daniel Ewing up to? <laughs> Back at it tomorrow, three o'clock Eastern. How am I with Hunter? I'll get five hundred for Elton Brand's jockstrap. <laughs>